You are listening to the Testudo Times Podcast Network. Welcome to the Testudo Times Weekly Podcast. I'm Matt Levine with Lila Bromberg today. And we are officially covering a top five team in the country in the Maryland men's basketball team. And we'll start with them. We'll start talking about them. They are now 5-0, and number five in the nation. Just they look unreal right now, especially after their last win. So, Lila, what do you think about them so far? I mean, honestly, I think Maryland looks really good. The things that we discussed going into this <laughs> season were, you know, really Turgeon being able to make coaching adjustments, um, having this team be able to limit turnovers. Uh, turnovers have gone up and down a bit, but they're certainly not at the level that they were last season. But the thing I'm most impressed with are the adjustments that we are seeing from Turgeon, whether it's, you know, doing different defenses. Um, last game against George Mason, when, you know, he saw the offense wasn't working, he decided to spread it out. And that really was allowed them to take the lead in the game and come out with a jump. Um, in at the end of that second half. So I think, and also with the depth, we're clearly seeing that there's a lot of depth there and that anyone can step up on any given night. So I think things are looking really good. I mean, I think we're going to get much more of an idea of the team this weekend um, and this week with the Orlando Invitational. It's still not, you know, facing ranked teams, but it's a higher level of competition. But so far, I think that they've had really dominant wins and they've shown that, you know, they've improved on the things that were concerns for us heading into the season. So we'll start with the Oakland game that we will first recap, then we'll get to Fairfield and George Mason. So against Oakland, again, it was starting out slow, but they ended up with a 30-point win. I think people are kind of saying that they're more of a second-half team now, but their ability to just kind of, you said, the in-game adjustments where they start out slow and then they just turn it around completely and then they win by 30, that if you just look at the scoreboard and the stats itself, you'll never realize that they started out slow. But I think that's a kind of a theme that they have to kind of change a little bit and start playing complete games. And I wonder if they did play a complete game, but they've beat Oakland by 50. I mean, that's something that we wouldn't know, but I think a 30 point victory against Oakland was very solid because I think they were three and Oakland was three and one at the time. So I think that was a very, very good win for Maryland. Yeah, I thought, like you said, I mean, and it's something that we saw last year um, and I've seen in the past is just these teams starting out slow. And so that's the one thing that we won. That's the kind of improvement that I haven't seen yet. But last year, when they're playing these games, even against a team like Oakland, that um, is a mid-major, they're not great, but, you know, they have a very good coach and they're one of the better mid-majors that Maryland faces. The Terps would only pull out that win by, you know, around 10 points, sometimes even less. So I think the fact that they're getting such dominant wins says a big thing that, you know, they're able to figure it out, but they definitely need to start doing that earlier. I think also some of that has to do with Turgeon just experimenting with the roster and trying to see what works, because I think you've seen any time that you have like the key veterans in there and the key guys, that's usually when they're able to come out with uh, the big runs. So, I mean, they definitely need to come out with more energy and things like that, but then you do have to factor in just trying to figure out teams and how everyone in the country is kind of starting out slow right now. Um, But I definitely think that's something that's going to progress. And one thing that really impressed me against Oakland is Aaron Wiggins had his third steal in three consecutive games. Uh, He's the first Terp since G.J. Strawberry to do that, uh, which is a really big deal. That was in 2004. Um, And, you know, and we'll talk about in these 
uh, other two games after that, he really started to improve his shot as well, getting it back to the level where it was last year. It seems like he's getting out of that shooting slump he was in. Um, and he's just looked so impressive to me right now. And especially, um, I thought he had a really, really good defensive game against Oakland. Uh, and he also had, you know, 10 points. And then they also beat Fairfield 74-55 to just a couple of days after that win against Oakland. These are all at home as well. Um, obviously, we saw the fans not really show out for these games. We kind of talked about that. but Yeah, it was upsetting. I mean, you look at a school that is ranked in the top 10 and they don't care who the opponent is. They're coming out and showing their support. Like, you know, I don't really care that it's a Tuesday or whatever, or that it's not the best opponent. Like, come out and show your support. This is the now the number five team in the nation. I don't know why you wouldn't want to be a part of something special like that and then just jump on the bandwagon later on. Like, that really just annoys me. Like, especially if the game against George Mason. It's a Saturday night. It's at 7 p.m. It's the perfect time to come right after happy hour. And, like, the wall was a bit better, but it's just not at the level where it should be. I mean, when you look at the support that other teams ranked this high around the country get, and that's something that can really help separate Maryland. And I, I think the students and also other fans just need to come out and show their support more because this can really be a special season, and it already is proving to be already. So that win, 74 to 55, and it was more, Maryland was able to do a lot of things, but Fairfield hit nearly every shot, it seemed like. Every time they just took a shot, it would go in. And that was early on in the game. They were taking circus-like three-pointers that would just fall in somehow off the backboard. They were just a very good shooting team. And I think in the beginning, it looked like they were going to be able to compete. But then Maryland, once again, came out in the second half and just kind of steamrolled them the whole time. Um, Jalen Smith had 17 points and eight rebounds. Cowan had 12 and five assists. So I noticed that Cowan's passing a little bit more than he did last year, and I think that's very crucial, and that helped with the second half comeback. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you can just see, like, while we've been talking about how they're running faster, when they are setting up offensive plays, you're seeing much more ball ball movement. And you can really see that Anthony is thinking about things uh, while he's running the plays, you're seeing the ball being distributed more and then really, you know, working through the motions before going on that scoring play. If an opportunity there is there, they're going to take it. But I feel like there's a, just a lot um, smarter decision-making in terms of playmaking from him and everyone else. Um, and so I've been really impressed with that from him so far. And um, I don't think – I think that's more that what scouts wanted to see. Like, they, I don't think that – people around the country like cared if he was like scoring an insane amount of points in terms of, you know, when he went to do those evaluations, people wanted to see that he could limit his turnovers and assist more. And he's done both of those things and it's paid dividends for his team. And that's huge. That one wasn't the most convincing win in terms of the score. Yeah, for sure. The, the way they came out in the second half and changed the, the tempo and everything, I thought that definitely showed something, but then they came out on Friday, you mentioned against George Mason and they won 86 to 63. That was more complete towards the end of the first half and the whole second half. Again, starting out a little slow. Jalen Smith finished with his third double double of the season with 12 points, 10 rebounds. And I think this was Anthony Cowan's best game of the year. He had 16 points, and he was just so quick getting by the opponent's defense and getting inside, getting fouled, sinking his free throws. He made threes, he got to the basket, he really did everything. I think that was definitely his breakout game of the year. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that. And one more thing real quick on Fairfield that I thought you had mentioned the three-point shooting. I don't know if that's necessarily Maryland's defense. I think that Fairfield was a team that, like, the shots they were making were ridiculous. I think part of that is, like, coming out against a team like this and just having one of those nights. Um, But definitely, like, you know, could have been a more convincing win. Now to Callan's performance for this, um, I really think he played a big role in that run towards the end of the half, and that was what I wrote about in the game article for that. He has uh, the big three that gets the crowd going, and then he goes in and gets the N1, and that really set them up. Uh, you know, they had a 19-2 scoring run the end of the half, but that was kind of um, kept it going, and it was a 14-2 run from when he made his three-pointer. Um, again, smart decision-making from him, but he was still being aggressive and feeling himself, and I think that the fact that we're seeing that he can still have games where he scores a ton of points um, is a good thing. It, it shows that there's definitely a conscious effort there. Like, he could have definitely scored more than what he's averaging. Currently, uh, he is averaging 13 points a game, and he could be averaging much more, but he's making those decisions. And I think that George Mason was a game that he just kind of saw that he could take over. He saw the opportunities. That's what he told us. And, you know, he took advantage of them, and he really made a difference in that game. And also I think it's very visible now that you could see the amount of muscle that this team has put on in the offseason, especially this game with Eric Ayala's jam that he oh, had. That was crazy. I don't know how he got a tech on that. Like, people, like, apparently he said something. I kept on re-watching it. I couldn't see what he was mouthing. I couldn't see what he was saying. I really want to know what was going on there. <laughs> so Ayala had one. I think Wiggins had one a game or two before off a of steal. And Jalen Smith has had a couple. So you can really see the, the muscle that this team has put on in the offseason. Yeah, exactly. They look really, really good. I mean, the freshmen came in with strong bodies already. You didn't really have anyone coming skinny. You could tell that they paid attention to that in high school. I mean, besides Chol, but that's, you know, a whole different story. And he's not even playing yet. Um, but, yeah, and you can see it with Callan, too, that he put on a little muscle. He looks a, a little bit stronger finishing around the rim. He's always been strong there, but I think it looks even more so when he has done that this year. But, um, yeah, you can definitely see an improved ability in the paint from Eric and Aaron, just tremendously so. Like, that was something that we really expected from Jalen, but I don't think we expected it in as much until we got to the open practice and started really seeing stuff with Aaron and Eric, and you've really seen it. They have had some dominant dunks, like just posterizing people. Um, and that's really, really fun to see. This team has been so much fun to watch so far. And we'll get to watch them more this week when they go – down to Orlando for the tournament, the Thanksgiving Day tournament. I think if they win this tournament, it shows that they're legit. It shows that they're top five. They can't have an early exit like they usually do in the Big Ten tournament or later on in the year. But I think this is very crucial playing, you mentioned not ranked teams, but teams that are close and getting votes. And an undefeated team in Temple that they take on in the first round, they're 4-0. They haven't really played any good teams except for USC. They beat Drexel, Morgan State, and LaSalle, and they beat USC as well. They beat USC on the road by nine, so that was convincing to me. I think USC is a pretty good team, but I don't think that you can look at their record and say that their that Temple's really good because they beat three teams that aren't really special. Um, but they're averaging seventy one point three points per game. And the one thing that stuck out to me about them is that they're getting out-rebounded by their opponents. And Maryland seems to be a team that does well on the glass. So I think this game could really go in the hands of Maryland if they're able to control it on the glass. Well, that's a big aspect for Maryland this year. They're 
grabbing a ridiculous amount of offensive rebounds and creating second chance points, which is huge. And Jalen Smith has been a huge part of that. And, you know, I have to say one thing I want to discuss before we get heavily into Temple that reminds me of this tournament is, you know, these are just the way that tournaments are, the style of playing back-to-back and the pressure of that and just not having as much rest and things like that, teams can get upset. And so you're right, Maryland, to solidify its ranking, needs to show that it can do this, you know, in a tournament where teams aren't necessarily ranked but do have some talent. Um, And one team that was just upset was uh, Michigan State, was just upset for the second time this season. The first one you can't really count as much of an upset. It was a loss to Kentucky. Um, But, you know, they were upset by Virginia Tech in the Maui Invitational of the Maui Tournament. And they now have two losses on the season. I mean, they are coming in as a unanimous number one. And now they've had two losses. And that really gets you to think, you know, about what these tournaments can do uh, to a team and how important it is to really come in locked in. But it also makes me think, like, is Michigan State not the best team in the Big Ten? Could Maryland be that team? I mean, I think it's a little early to tell still. Yeah, but I'm saying so far. Right now, I would say that Maryland is the best team in the Big Ten, and I think they're more they're they're more well rounded. They have more depth. They have better playmakers. I feel like almost, and I think Cassius Winston is one of the best players in the country. But he got shut down by Virginia Tech. I think he only had seven points in that game, and you, that can't happen from like even when Anthony Cowan struggles, he still is around. 10 to 12 points he's averaging 13 and he hasn't really played his best all year we mentioned just the one game against george mason he had 16 but maryland has these guys where if someone's struggling they're still playing well and then there's so many guys around them that are doing better and i don't think michigan state has had that yet yeah because look at makai mitchell against george mason he had 12 points in 10 minutes off the bench yeah you know wiggins has 15 jalen smith with his third double double i mean there's so much depth but I think one other team that's really been intriguing to me that has been that I thought should have moved up this week uh, is Ohio State. They were placed at ten last week, and I thought they would move up again this week a little bit. Um, you know, they've knocked off Villanova, and I think they've just looked like a really, really strong team so far. Caleb Wesson looks insane. Yeah, people talk about him all the time. He's definitely that guy for Ohio State, but I don't think that they. I think. I don't think they're up there with Maryland, Michigan State, but they're definitely, like, I think the third best team and someone that can cause some trouble for Maryland and will be a huge test when they face them in early January. Yeah, John Rothstein and other insiders usually predicted early on in the year that it was Michigan State, Maryland, and then everyone else. And now I think it's kind of Maryland, Michigan State, Ohio State at three, and then everyone else can be mixed in. But I think definitely Ohio State has done very solid play so far this year, and they've shown to be definitely not up there with Maryland and Michigan State, but they're right behind them. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like we said with Temple with this tournament coming up, you had mentioned that game against USC, another team that's in the tournament. It was their kind of um, opening game at home, kind of like how Maryland played Fairfield. They're able to win by nine on the road. Do you see that as like a really big win? Like, as, I, do you think that that shows that they have the ability to upset a team like Maryland? Or do you think it's still going to, you know... I, I think Maryland's going to win, but I think that the fact that they beat USC says a lot. I think that's just... I, I think you can you can point that either way. Uh, obviously, being on the road, winning by nine, it's 
convincing, especially because I think USC, I mentioned, was the first real team that they that Temple faced. And it shows they have two players averaging over 50, or 15 or more. They have just they have a player averaging a double-double right now in Nate Pierre-Louis. So I think they they have the ability to upset Maryland, especially being 4-0, scoring 71.3 points per game, only averaging 10 turnovers per game, which I think that, that could even get smaller. Um, but if Maryland is able to just force a little turnover, force a little bit of turnovers, get rebounds, and just out-rebound Temple, I think there should be no problem that Maryland comes out and they can win by 20 again. And I think it's going to be another double-digit win for Maryland, which would be six straight to start the year. So I think they do. that Temple does have the ability to upset them, but I do think Maryland will handle them pretty easily. Yeah, I agree. And I'm excited to see the matchup with uh, Nate Pierre-Louise uh, and Jalen Smith. Uh, you know, Nate is averaging 15.8 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game. So pretty similar stats to Sticks. Um, and he also has 14 steals and 3.5 assists per game. So I think that'll be a really, really interesting matchup. Um, yeah, I definitely think that Maryland can win this game by a decent amount. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how they start. Like we've talked about, Maryland has had really slow starts. And so I want to see that they can come out firing a bit. But you never know with a tournament and travel and things like that. So that's something that I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. Um but I'm really interested in some of these other teams that they could face down the line. They're guaranteed at least three games in this tournament because it's a double-sided bracket where you know just you go into a different bracket if you do lose a game. So after Temple, they'll either play Texas A&M and Harvard. Harvard is clearly the better team, but I really love the storyline with Texas A&M, uh, just being that Mark Turgeon got his coaching career started there, and I think I know that that's a story I want to write. I think that that can add an extra level um, to the game and be something that really inspires players to come out and show more and for Churchin to show different looks. Uh, and I think that would just be really, really interesting to see. Um, but I think the team that intrigues me most in this tournament is Marquette. Uh, right now they're ranked 27th in Ken Palm. Uh, John Rothstein had them in number 37 in his rankings. And he also had Temple at 42, by the way. Um, I think Marquette is clearly like the second best team in, t in the tournament, the best team Maryland could face. Uh, they have Marcus Howard, who is just a dominant player. Um, and I think that they're the one team that I think you could see Maryland versus Marquette in the championship and maybe have uh, Marquette cause them a little bit of trouble. But I think this is a tournament Maryland should win. What do you think of, you know, how Marquette looks? And, you know, Marcus Howard is obviously an incredible player. Yeah, I think he's one of the best players in the country. Probably the best in this tournament, um, if not Anthony Cowan. Um, but I think Maryland, if they do face off, I think that would be in the finals. I'm not sure how the bracket will lay out. but Oh, yeah, they could only face them in the finals like because, yeah, so yeah it would be the third game. Those are the two best teams by far in this tournament. And I think if Maryland just plays their own game and they don't play down to their opponent's level, they should have no problem getting to the finals. Same with Marquette. We, we know what they can do. Um, and I think Marcus Howard will carry them pretty far this year. And I think that they'll both face off in the finals. And that, that'll be a fun game. That'll really show what both teams have. Because that'll be the first like main primetime game, so to say, that 
these two teams will face off against top teams in the country with top players. So yeah. I think it'll be a very fun game to watch. Maryland should win this tournament, being the number five team. But I think it'll be very interesting to see if they do play Marquette. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Howard is averaging 21.3 points, 2.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists. He's shooting, you know, 42.4% from the floor. Uh, he's currently shooting 46.4% from behind the arc. Uh, you know, he looks really, really good. Um, he's definitely an interesting matchup with Cowan. He's 5'11", 180 pounds. So that's definitely, you know, someone you would see against Cowan or Ayala and I think would be just such a fun matchup to watch to see them guard each other, to see, you know, who gets the best of that. Um, and I think that's something that Cowan would really want to show up for. They're both um, up for National Player of the Year. Um, and actually, Harvard has two players on that list as well. Um, there's a lot of, like, even if teams aren't incredible in this tournament, and I think they're still, like, pretty good teams, there's a lot of really good players that I think will make for really interesting matchups. But the one thing with... Marquette that I think is interesting is their one loss is, is to Wisconsin and um, you know Wisconsin is not really a good team this year they haven't looked it um, and Marquette lost that game 77 to 61 Maryland is certainly a better team than Wisconsin so that's something that definitely sticks out to me um, you know their other wins uh, Loyola Maryland 88-53 you know easy game um, they beat Purdue by 10 points. Purdue clearly has proven that, you know, their preseason ranking was wrong, which is why they've, you know, dropped off. That was 65-55. Um, and then they only beat um, RMU 66-62, which is really, like, just not a, convincing we not a convincing win against, like, a team of that stature. Um, so that's a little concerning, but I still think they're definitely the best team in this tournament. Besides Maryland. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the, the teams that you mentioned there that are not as convincing, that's just, I think that's just early on in the season. They're not in their full form yet. And Maryland had that against Fairfield, I think. But but even Maryland finished with such a dominant win there. It's dominant than any of their wins, except for Loyola Maryland, which like is a terrible team. Yeah, I think with the, with we say it about Maryland that they didn't, have a convincing win, they still dominated. I think that's because they are so good mm -hmm. and they are the top five team. We expect them to win against Fairfield by 30 or whatever it is. But I think with Marquette, you have a little less expectations. So you can say that it's early on in the year where if they get a non-convincing win, they didn't necessarily dominate. But you expect Maryland to still dominate and it could be still non-convincing. Yeah, but and then the other teams in this... Sorry, what were you saying? I do think Maryland will come out and win this tournament, and I think they'll beat Marquette. I wonder the what the trophy is. I don't really know what, like, because there's a trophy for any tournament, right? You would assume so. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. If that is the case, Sean and I, we are Matt and I are actually Skyping right now because we just arrived in Orlando. Um, also in this tournament, uh, you have USC and, and Davidson, which I think are two interesting teams. Um, Davidson and Marquette face off in that first game. So Maryland would only face one of them uh, in the third game of a tournament. I think Marquette is likely to win that game. But if they do end up facing Davidson, I mean, that's a team that, you know, is obviously known for having good shooters and is always a sneaky good team. And then uh, USC, um, you know, has some good players. A lot of, they have a freshman right now that's projected to be a lottery pick. 
Um, obviously, they lost the Temple, as we talked about, but that's a you know very decent team as well. Yeah, I think you, you mentioned they always have good shooters, and obviously you point to Stephen Curry coming out of Davidson, one of the best shooters pretty much ever in the NBA. So I think their ability to shoot is something that if Maryland does play them, they'll have to play defense out on the perimeter. And I think they did a good job of this in the second half against Fairfield. Early on in the game, we mentioned Fairfield was sinking pretty much every three. It seemed like they were making every shot. Um, and Maryland adjusted and played defense and kind of left the paint open a little bit. And Fairfield wasn't adjusting and getting to the, the hoop. They were still shooting. And they were forcing turnovers that way when their defense played out on the perimeter. So if Maryland does face off against a team like that, they're going to have to make an adjustment and realize that their shooting abilities are better than getting to the basket. So I think they'll be able to change their defense and yeah. kind of get out on the perimeter and stop the shots. And I think I misspoke earlier. It's actually Davidson that has two players on the national uh, player of the year watch list. Uh, you know, you've got within that uh, John, sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce this guy's name, John Axel Goodmanson, who's a guard, uh, who last year was averaging 16.9 points per game, 7.3 rebounds per game, and 4.8 assists per game. And then uh, Kellen Grady, also a guard, who has 17.3 points per game, uh, 4.5 rebounds per game, and 1.9 assists per game. And I think that's something that you see throughout this tournament, that a lot of the best players in this tournament are guards. Um, and so you're going to have a lot of interesting matchups there for Maryland. Yeah, I think this is a tournament that is very – it's it's good for them. I think early on in the season they want – they don't want to play the teams like Fairfield and Oakland every – all these non-conference games. That's not going to prepare them for when they have to play Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue – all these teams, Penn State even, all these teams in the Big Ten that are among the best in the country, even if they're not ranked, they're still very solid teams. So I think having a schedule like this is very good against teams that aren't ranked, but still we mentioned that they can shoot. They have guards that can go up against Cowan and play really good basketball against each other. This will prepare them. If they do play against Marquette, we, that's one of the teams that, that can prepare them for this Big Ten conference play. And I think it will um, when they just have these opponents that are capable of so many different things. It'll help Turgeon coach against opponents like that, and it'll prepare them really well for the end of the year. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely going to be a really interesting tournament uh, to watch and one that we really think Maryland can win. Now, one topic we've been discussing that I feel like we have to talk about on the podcast um, is what basketball players would be as superheroes. Now, uh, you might be thinking this is very random, and it kind of is, but the way it came about, uh, Patrick Stevens and I, the writer for The Athletic, we were trying to figure out the stats for Aaron Wiggins having three steals in three straight games uh, through the online media guide archives, and we came upon the best media guide cover I've ever seen of Walt Williams uh, dress up as a wizard. And I actually followed up with Walt when I saw him at the game. And, you know, he was saying he thought they were crazy making him do this. But I was like, this is the best cover ever. Um, and we saw some funny other covers. So we were talking about, like, what would Maryland do if they were to do one this year? I mean, they don't do them anymore. But if they were, what would they do? And so 
I had said that they should do Marvel characters because I see, you know, Anthony Cowan as Ant-Man. And uh, as everyone on our team knows, uh, when Turgeon started calling Sticks Logs, I started saying if you're going to call him an, a nickname other than Law than, than uh, Sticks, it should be Groot. I think that makes much more sense than Logs, which I will get into in a few minutes. But we've now expanded it to all superheroes, and we have to discuss... Uh, who on the Maryland basketball team, what superhero they would be. We know this is the content that you guys want discussed. <laughs> so I'll start with my should, – should we go player by player? Go sure. That, I like that. Let's do player by player, and then we can debate okay. it. Anthony Cowan Jr., I have him as the flash. Mm-hmm. And that's because I think he can get to the basket faster than anyone on this court. Um, and I think he showed that against Jordan Mason where he would just be at the – top of the key, and in a, a split second, he'd drive to the basket and get fouled and make a layup. So I think his speed and just his agility to get to the basket so fast and just really run around all over the place and have so much speed, I think he's the flash. Okay, so, like, mine might seem a little obvious. Like, I have him as Ant-Man. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, everyone calls him Ant. I feel like you have to go with Ant-Man. He's small, and I think a characteristic of Ant-Man is he uses his small size to, like, sneak past people. And uh, Ant can kind of fool people in the paint with his size. So I see that similarity. So I'm going to go with that. I mean, Ant-Man is fast, too. um, And he can switch up, like, the way he plays a lot. Like, Ant-Man can kind of switch his sizes and different things he's doing. So that's who I'm going to go for Anthony Cowan. Who do you have for uh, Wiggins? Aaron Wiggins. I'm picking Superman. I think in, in terms of superhero movies... If Superman's on his game, everyone else does well. If Aaron Wiggins is on his game, this team is going to go very, very, very far. And I think it could get to the Final Four and maybe do some better things than that. But I won't predict that just yet. But I think Aaron Wiggins, if, if he's on, this team is on. And it's really, it's not revolving around him because they can still be so good with the depth that they have. But it's automatic that if Aaron Wiggins is good, this team is going to be very good. So I actually don't have a Superman listed because I think that this team has so much depth and they've shown that they're so spread out that there, like, can't be one Superman, you know? Uh, At least, you know, that's how I see it. I think maybe last year you would have maybe had Bruno or someone else in past years. Mello would have definitely been a Superman. (laughs) But I think that, like, with this year's team, it's so spread out and there's so much depth that it's... It's just too much of a group effort to have that. I have Aaron Wiggins as Spider-Man because I think uh, the way that he's able to steal balls and like outstretch his arms and uh, use his speed to do all that kind of resembles a Spider-Man thing. I also think personality-wise, um, you know, Spider-Man has like that fun personality, kind of goofy, and I see Aaron Wiggins like that a lot. Um, I think he's definitely like kind of has the biggest personality of anyone on this team. Um, but yeah, just the ability to like steal the ball to really use length and speed and athleticism um, and just be moving around all over the place and kind of trap people in his web. Like he can kind of trap the ball in his web and get steals is kind of why I see him as a, as a Spider-Man. Interesting take. It's an amazing take, Matt. Of course. All of our (laughs) takes are amazing. (laughs) Eric Ayala, I have him as Spider-Man. Okay, why do you have him as Spider-Man? It's his elusiveness. You know, Spider-Man can get from building to building. I think Ayala can get anywhere on the court, and he's just so smooth at what he does. 
and I think Spider-Man is very smooth. So I think it's just the way he moves around and his shot, his stroke, everything about his game is just calm. It's collected. He's just very poised, and I think Spider-Man resembles that. Okay, I have Eric as Black Panther. Um, I think all of mine kind of take in personality as well, just from having to get to know these guys over the past three years or so, or however long they've been here. I've been around the team for three years. So with Eric, he is definitely the deepest thinker on the team. He's definitely the oldest soul on the team, which is why I see him as a Black Panther, but also because he's like, he's this thinker and intelligent, but he's also so unassuming. And I feel like you don't really expect Black Panther to be um, like as aggressive and dominant as he is. Like he goes from being like this king into uh, just like this dominant force. And I see that with Eric, especially how he made the progression this year to be able to dunk and attack in the paint. Like that play we talked about where he just posterized that guy. Uh, so I see him as a Black Panther. What about Daryl? All right. Uh, you want to give your pick first? Sure. I picked Daryl as Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I don't really have an explanation for this other than Wolverine's uh, his hands <laughs> and what he's known for. And I think Daryl Morcel, with his, you, you mentioned Wiggins' his ability to steal and get his arms out. I think with Daryl Morcel's defense and the hands of Wolverine, it's kind of the same with how far he can get his arms out and steal and jump a passing lane and just do really anything on defense. So I think that resembles the Wolverine. All right, so I went, I changed mine for Daryl last minute. Um, and now I'm even forgetting what I had him as originally, but I am having him as Batman. Um, you know, you've definitely got the deep voice going there. You got like the deep softer, like I just see so much resemblance in the voice. Also like Batman is a guy that's going to stay calm, cool, and collected, but still get the job done. And I see Daryl very much as that guy. Batman is a game changer like Daryl is. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him as Batman. I just think he also just has that like darker edge and uh, will sneak up on you as well. Like Batman can sneak up on people and he'll sneak up on people on defense. All right. Now, I don't really understand. You're looking at it at this outline. I don't understand your pick for Jalen at all. So please explain. Jalen Smith is Iron Man. He's strong. He can do anything. He's just vicious around the rim. And I think Iron Man. How can a robot dunk? It's just the strength that it has. He can go through. He's he's Iron Man. Jalen Smith can run through iron. I mean, he's just the strong. He's one of the strongest guys on the court, if not the strongest. Um, And we, we said he's so skinny, but now he's put on so much weight. And he just throws the ball down so viciously. And I think Iron Man would. If robots could play. He would be something like that where he just dunks like crazy and has all these crowd electrifying moments. Okay. I think for me it was like I just don't see it with like the Tony Stark thing. I don't see a similarity there. But I'm still iffy on your argument. I don't see a robot dunking like he can dunk, but I'll I'll take it. Um, I, as I hinted to you before, I have Jalen as Groot, okay? Not the most like fun well, no, he's definitely fun, but, like, he's not the most, like, dominant superhero. But I see him as Groot because of the way his body has grown, right? So, you know, Groot goes, he goes from, like, a big trunk to, like, the little baby and then grows again. And, you know, Jalen went from this, like, skinny kid to now, like, 
getting putting on a ton of weight and becoming stronger. Uh, I feel like Groot is like with those branches can block the ball a lot and get his arms up for a big dunk. You know, that big wingspan. Uh, so that's why I'm going to go with him for Groot. And uh, Groot, Groot's awesome. Dante Scott. Okay. Who do you have? I have him as Hulk. Mm-hmm. I think that's evident in how you look at him. He's a monster. He's just huge. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing kind of with Jalen, but if Jalen was a little bit a little bit more weight, not necessarily more muscle, but more weight. And I think Dante Scott has he's, – he's shorter, but he still has a lot more weight to his size. And I think he's just – He's just wide. He's strong. He's. It's, he, you just look at him. He looks like Hulk. All right. So initially, I did have him as Hulk, and I changed it, which I'll explain when I explain who I put as Hulk. Um, but I am going to have Danta as four, because um, I see him as just like this really powerful dude. I kind of see the way that like he can throw down a dunk, as the way four can throw his hammer down. Um, Everyone talks about how he's just this freak athlete, and Thor has like just freak strength and godlike ability and strength. Um, so I really see that similarity there. And Thor can like just be this game changer, and I think that Donda can be that at times. And he just like, like everyone is just so astonished with like how his body is built and like the different things that he can do with the ball in his hands. And I see that similarity what to what Thor can do with his hammer and like his you know, strength that he gets from, uh, you know, not being human. Right? That's solid. It's solid. Solid. Very solid. All right. Do you want to go to Makai next? I put Makai as Thor. Okay. So we had these two swap then. So that it's basically the same argument, but different, uh, different players that we put it for. Yeah. Okay. Well, Okay, so I have Makai at four because, I mean, sorry, Makai as Hulk because I think he is an even bigger, like, build. Like, he's even bigger than Danta is at 6'10", and he's, like, you know, also very strong, very came in with a lot of weight on his body. Um, my thing with him is, like, Hulk can get, like, really angry and out of control, and I think sometimes that can happen with Makai uh, with fouling. But, like, when he can zone in and really control himself, um, he can just be this dominant player and, like, it can just tear it up on the court and um, really use that strength in that size. So that's why I have him at Thor. Um, and then some other ones you and I just have kind of scattered around. It was kind of hard for the other ones. Um, so I guess we can just each go through some options we had. Um, I have Reese. Mona as Captain America or Hawkeye, uh, his just image and like his very like American boy personality. I was just on his farm. I know Captain America's not from a farm, but I feel like he should be from a farm. Like I just kind of have him in that regard, but I could also see him as like Hawkeye with his three point shooting ability and also his unsuspectingness. Then I, um, I was struggling. I couldn't really come up with one for Ricky. Um, and then um, with Travis, like, I know this is not, like, really, like, a superhero. It's, like, Incredibles. But, like, he just looks like Frozone to me. And I feel like he has the swag of Frozone 
from the Incredibles. So I, I have to say that. I agree with that. And I also agree with Captain America for Reese Mona. I think after the, the two three-pointer, the one three-pointer that he hit in the mid-range shot, his foot was on the line off the bench. And the, the Xfinity Center erupted after that. And then the games now after where they've been up by so much that he's gotten in the games and all the games following the that big one that he had. So the fans really just cheer for him more so than any player. I feel like they get loud when he's about to come in, when he touches the ball, everyone's cheering and it's, it's kind of like he's captain America. Almost he's captain Maryland. Almost if, if that could be a thing, but I think he really resembles that as like you mentioned the American personality and just everyone cheering for him and everyone wanting him to succeed. Yeah, and I could also see Sorrell as like a human torch, which I think you had listed too, and someone had suggested to us on Twitter. Uh, that suggestion was from uh, Rob RK613, uh, and, I, and I see that as well, because I call him microwave, so it makes sense too. Yeah. Who did you have Ricky as? I know you had Reese as Captain America too. I had Ricky as Black Panther. I'm not really sure why, but I think Ricky's very quiet. And uh, kind of comes out of nowhere a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you never really know when he's going to go off. Like he had 13 points, which was his career high a couple games ago. And that was so, so quiet. I, I got home, I looked at the stat line, and I didn't even realize being at the game that he had 13 points. So, I mean, it's just he's a very quiet player that can come out of nowhere. All right, guys, comment. Uh, let us know on Twitter what you think of our superhero picks. We want to hear yours. Uh, I think this is, we're going to try and incorporate some more fun discussions around this team. Um, it's obviously a really exciting season, and so we're going to try and mix in some more fun things. Another team that we are a little concerned about, um, but it now has had three dominant wins, uh, is Maryland women's basketball. Uh, tell us a bit about the week they've had, Matt. Well, we started to see them struggling, and they lost to South Carolina and then had a near loss to uh, James Madison where they won basically a buzzer beater. But now it's three consecutive dominant wins, absolute dominance. They beat Delaware 99-55. to They beat George Washington 88-54. to And then they beat Quinnipiac on Sunday, which is probably their – Best win of the season, if not the first game of the year against Wagner. They, they beat Quinnipiac 107-52. to And they only gave up seven points in the first quarter. And they gave up just four points in the third quarter. I mean, that's just mean. That's just, I, I mean, that's a team that can win the national title if they play like that every game. So Oregon, though. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good women's basketball teams, really top-heavy. But I think Maryland will, they moved down to number nine. They've kind of stayed there. I think they should move up. I was surprised they didn't move up this week after the three 30-point victories, you know, victories of 30 points or more. Yeah. I mean, if they continue this, I feel like they will move up, especially with the uh, competition coming up. They they play Clemson and Belmont in this tournament that they have. Ooh, another Maryland-Belmont matchup. Yeah. I like that. Um, and then after that is the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They play North Carolina State, who's, I believe, ranked 14th right now. See, see, why does the women's team gets a good matchup? So why can't we just give the men's team a good matchup too? We always complained about it. It's so bad. I was 
So I was at the Hawks game last night, you know, covering the Hawks game. I was talking to Bruno, and we were both complaining. We were just catching up and talking about, like, how Maryland should have gotten a better opponent in this tournament. Yeah. And Cam Reddish was also right there, and I think he he also wanted a Maryland-Duke matchup because Cam Reddish was in the locker next to him and was, was talking in. And then Evan Turner was saying that he thinks that Harvard could upset Maryland, but Bruno and I disagree. <laughs> um, I think Sorry, Bruno we got has, sidetracked. Bruno, Bruno has a lot of high hopes for this team. <laughs> he does. So does Kevin. They all do. So Alex did too. Alex That's was upset when I mentioned criticism of Turgeon. But they, they like what they're seeing. They're going to be coming to some games. Good. But, yo, as we're talking about women's basketball, I don't know how we got sidetracked there. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I, I think that Mike Sell has looked really good. She's, you know, she had a career-high 23 points against Delaware. Then she had 19 against George Washington and had uh, the most three-pointers. Uh, that she's made she tied her career high which she set last year in both of those games with five um, and she's just been showing out and looking really dominant Shakira Austin looks really great um, both defensively and offensively it looks like they're finding their groove but you're right this is a big test coming up with the Daytona Beach tournament against Clemson and Belmont so it'll be interesting to see what they can do because they did really struggle against South Carolina they did really struggle against JMU even though they pulled off the win there yeah, I think this really will show. I think Clemson's a pretty solid team, obviously playing in the ACC. Um, it'll, it'll be the same kind of thing where if they, like the men's team, if they are able to compete and maybe win this tournament, it'll show that they are legit and that they sh- I think Maryland women's basketball should be ranked higher than nine. Um, although I believe that they are the only team in the top ten with one loss. Um, I think they should still be a little bit higher because that one loss came to another top 10 team in South Carolina, who is one of the best teams in the country as well. So I don't really think that they should be held accountable or not necessarily held, shouldn't be held against them too much for that, especially being the second game of the year. Um, But I think that they should be ranked higher and I think they will be coming out of this tournament if they do escape with some victories like the men's team. Mm-hmm. they don't really show if they are legit yeah it should be interesting to see you got two Florida tournaments this weekend and it's going to definitely be an awesome week of basketball coming up we are in Orlando we will have all of your coverage for that going to be having uh, a lot of fun stuff coming out uh, very exciting to finally have a first tournament we didn't really get one last season and Maryland hasn't really had a three-game tournament in some time, so it should be pretty fun. Yeah, it should, it should be a very nice time to wake up on Thanksgiving, get some early Terps action, and then watch some football all day. They better be giving the media turkey. like. Well, that would be uh, a little early for turkey, 11 a.m. turkey. <laughs> yeah, true. I just want turkey in some fashion. Maybe they'll give you... I, well, I had it last night at the Hawks game. They did have turkey. They had, like, a Thanksgiving-type meal. There you go. It's, t- it's the season of turkey. <laughs> so thank you for joining us on this edition of the Testudo Times Weekly Podcast. Stay tuned for all of the coverage on Maryland men's basketball, women's basketball, and 
the final game of Maryland football against Michigan State this weekend, which will be quite the time as well. So we'll have all the coverage for that, and we thank you for joining us on this edition of the Testudo Times Weekly Podcast. Will be quite the time as well. <laughs> I had to say 